The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everybody, this is Chris coming to you from Editing Central. Uh, Just wanted to add a little tagline to the beginning of this episode because this is an episode where we talk about working conditions and working hard as actors. And it was recorded before we released because we knew we had some stuff coming up. And as such, it was recorded before the revelation of a certain controversy regarding overworking in the video game industry. Uh, don't overwork yourself. Don't overwork your coworkers. Not to say we would have talked about this controversy had we known about it, because we are not people from the video game industry, but it felt like enough of an elephant in the room that I wanted to address it, get it out there, take care of yourself, take care of each other. Coworkers or bosses don't overwork people. That's not cool. Anyway... That's all I wanted to get out in front and say. Enjoy the episode. I love um, you. I love you too. Come on in here and give me a snuggle. Please. <laughs> Is that the opening? It might be now. <laughs> and welcome back to Backstage Gaming, dramatic takes on your favorite games. I'm Chris. And I'm Dylan. And we are two actors who love games and like to talk about the things that we do and the games that we like and kind of put those things together. Um, Nerds are we. Nerds are we. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back. This is our third episode. Thank you for joining us uh, for the first time or again. Dylan, I have a question. Yes. I have an answer, possibly. Uh, When was the last time that you introduced yourself to someone brand new someone brand new yeah um probably at my last job okay uh this has been on my mind recently because for the listeners uh i recently moved to a new area of chicago my girlfriend is getting a master's degree so we moved closer to her school and i have been going with her to a lot of like getting to know each other type things where i'm (laughs) The guy in the room who's like, I don't actually go here. Um, Good old icebreakers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, usually they involve booze now that we're adults, so that makes it a little more fun. Um, <laughs> oh, I uh, I met um, some of uh, Kelsey's classmates at her school. Yeah. Um, and then I also, this past weekend, I was at a wedding. Uh, my girlfriend was the maid of honor oh, yes, in one of her yes, friend's yes, weddings, yes. Uh, which meant that I was at this ceremony of over 150 people. And I knew exactly three people, and they were all in the wedding party. <laughs> so I there was a love a good wedding story. <laughs> there was a lot of um, me kind of hanging out, being like, I don't really have any way to talk to any of these people. Um, but I've just between those two things, I have introduced myself to probably like a hundred brand new people over the course of the last month, and I've noticed something interesting. You know, when you are an adult and you meet someone new, one of the first questions that always comes up is like, oh, what do you do? (laughs) And when I am asked that question, I, because it would hurt my soul to describe my day job and say, oh, I work in a grocery store, um, 
I'm a cashier. Yeah, like that would that to me is like being hooked up to that machine in the Princess Bride and then being like, not to fifty. Um, <laughs> but so they ask me what I do, and I say, oh, I'm I'm an actor, and I'm a voiceover artist, and I'm a podcaster. And there are exactly two responses to this question oh, across boy. my entire sample size. <laughs> About 30% of people, and Dylan, I'm bringing this up because I want to know if you've had similar experiences, uh, because I'm sure that you've had this exact same interaction. Okay, possibly. About 30%, I would say, are very interested and are like, oh, tell me about that and want to know, you know do the thing that you do in a conversation when you find out what the other person does. Like, right. even oh, if boy. you're not actually interested, like, if I meet someone and they're like, I'm a third grade history teacher. Like, I'm sure there's some fun stories to come out of that, but I'm not like, that's the most fascinating thing I've ever heard of. But I'm still gonna, you know, engage with that I can't even comprehend what that's like. Yeah, I'm, I'm still gonna engage with that in conversation. And yeah. I'd say about 30% of people manage to do that when I drop that trifecta on them. Okay. Uh, and some of them to be fair, are, like, genuinely interested. I had a very long conversation at the wedding with this guy who uh, was in the process of becoming a Franciscan monk, uh, and that was coming out of a year of serving as a hospice chaplain, and, like, we had, like, that was fascinating, and I, you know, I talked to him about that, and he talked to me about theater. Um, Damn, yeah. But the other 70%, when I drop actor, voice actor, podcaster on them as my career they seem to kind of glaze over and immediately start looking for anyone else in the room that they could be having a conversation with. And... Yeah, yeah. Like, is, this isn't just me, right, Dylan? Uh, I mean, like, I don't typically tell people what I do. <laughs> You're smarter it's just than a me. Headache. You're smarter than me. Like, maybe I'll say I'm an actor, but I'll leave it there. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying... For me, it's almost like... It's kind of like, you know, the whole thing with, like, the secret of, like, you gotta actualize it. So, like, if I tell mm-hmm. people that that's what I do, then that becomes more true. Because, you know, it is what I do. It's what I'm trying to do. Well, yeah, yeah. But, like... like I guess I should say I should say that, like, you know, I do tell people what I do, obviously. But I, yeah. I don't really, you know, I, I don't really get into details. I'm just like... Yeah, I act. I've been in a couple shows. It's been fun. End of story. What do you do? <laughs> yeah. But it is amazing how many people that just seems to hit them and they just go, well, that's oh. the end of this conversation. And then they just You're... walk away. <laughs> I bet you're a let's player, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But it's it's really fascinating. And, I, you know, it bleeds a little bit into what we want to talk about today. I which, you know, we'll get to in a minute, but I think a lot of it comes down to, like, people don't expect to meet that. Mm-hmm. Like, most people have this conception when they think actor, they think, like, movie star. They think right, right. Broadway star. They think of, like, the end product of a career. And I think that there's not as much awareness of, like, no, there's a ton of people out there that are grinding away at it and acting and, you know small to middling shows or even bigger shows in right, right. cities but like they're not named people you wouldn't recognize them walking down the street yeah exactly just... it was like that uh that one guy who was on the cosby show who like fox news was like oh look he's bagging groceries let's point and laugh at him oh yeah that was so like, dumb that's it was that's disgusting like that was a very poisonous thing to do don't do it's that just like... only villains do that 
But I, I don't know. It's been on my mind just because I've been introducing myself to so many people and mm. seeing the same reaction every time has been very telling of like, okay. Uh, yeah, it, it's always pat, weird. Pat, like, pat. <laughs> no, I mean, like, even the people who take interest are like, so what have you done? And I have to be like, oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> I've and been like, in a couple shows. I, I was in a podcast my friends made. Like, yeah, not and there's, this podcast. <laughs> yeah, a different one. But, like, I think that that's also... That's so hard to deal with because that's what it is. Like, I know a lot of working actors around Chicago who, you know, get psyched when they're booked for six months. And then that six yeah, months yeah. is up and it's like, they might not be in anything for another year. Or right. they might be cast in something new next week. Like, it's that level of variability, I think, is yeah. very strange to people who have never worked in that kind of timeline. Yeah, you're looking for stability. Um, yeah. While you are looking for gigs that'll hopefully get you ahead of it. Yeah. Which, like I said, kind of leans into the topic that we want to talk about this week. Yes, it's time um, to talk about... Yeah, we're going to kind of flip the script this week. We're three episodes in and we're throwing our formula out the window. Uh, <laughs> what formula? <laughs> I know. Uh, but the last First couple... episode didn't have a formula. Second episode had a formula. Third episode has a new formula. Yeah. We're like chameleons. I mean, it's... It's going to be kind of the same formula. We're just sort of flipping the direction. Uh, the last two episodes, we brought up something from our experience as actors and our experience working in theater and used that as a lens to examine games. This week, we're going to be looking at something that appears in a lot of games and using that as a filter to talk about acting and to talk about making a career in this weird world that a lot of people don't realize exists. More on the angle of bringing you backstage and showing you what we're doing day-to-day as actors. Uh, not even so much on stage or artistically, just like in life. But yeah, Dylan, yep. if I said I wanted to go grind, what do I mean? Mm. <laughs> well, <laughs> when, when I think of grinding, I think of level grinding and six skate tricks, but mostly level grinding. <laughs> And busting it out on the rails with my boy Tony. Sonic Adventure 2, you know, gotta get those soap shoes. <laughs> did you know about that? Yes, I did. You've told okay, me. Just, it's just amazing. Sure, I want just them. Just making sure. Google soap shoes, everyone. <laughs> uh, but anyway, grinding is a thing that shows up in a lot of games. Typically games with some level of, like, RPG elements. Uh, role-playing game, for those of you who are not as much into that. Um, but generally, it really originated with old-school RPGs like Final Fantasy and... Actually, it started with Dragon Quest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so the idea is in these games, every fight you have, every encounter you survive, you gain experience points, and those experience points level you up, leveling up makes you stronger, uh, and allows you to fight harder and harder things, and there are... A lot of RPGs that require you to kind of do that over and over and over again. Uh, if you just play the game through and experience random encounters at the rate that they happen as you are traveling efficiently from place to place, you will not be strong enough to overcome some of the challenges that the game puts in your way. Uh, and it's a way of incentivizing you to spend more time in the world, to spend more time exploring... Uh, to encounter more enemies, to become stronger, and therefore to be able to take on the next challenge. There's also an element of it's not always experience points. Some games it will be resources, some games it will be money. Um, mm -hmm. But it's all 
you know, repeating the same action or similar actions over and over again in order to become more powerful and be able to overcome obstacles that the game places in front of you uh, more easily. Yeah. And that is, in a nutshell, what we as actors are doing every goddamn day of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> um, to build a metaphor and then immediately stretch it beyond comprehension, if getting what I will call a traditional career, uh, and this means, you know, a ton of different things, I'm being ridiculously general right now, uh, but to get a career like, I want to be a doctor, or I want to be a lawyer, or I want to be a mechanic, or I want to be a teacher, whatever whatever that happens to be, where there is like yeah. an end goal where it's like, now I am a teacher. You know, it requires a certain amount of work and time investment, and that's going to be in the form of schooling, it's going to be in the form of internships, it's going to be in the form of uh, postgraduate work for some things, it's going to be in the case uh, in in the form of apprenticeships for some things. There's all of these steps that you do, and then you reach a point, and it's like, okay, now I am whatever. I am this now. If you're going into, and we're, we're probably going to say acting a lot this episode, but really, anytime we say that, like, you can superimpose the word, like, the arts more generally. Yeah. Obviously, all we can really speak to is acting, but, like, I have a lot of friends who are visual yeah. artists or dancers or musicians or writers, choreographers. Like really, any artistic career is going to fall into this sort of category as well. We're just going to talk about it as acting as sort of shorthand because that's what we can actually be more authoritative on. But um, we love you all. Yeah. Anyone, you know, go go hug your artist friend. They will probably love it. Um, <laughs> unless you, unless know, they, unless you know thing. that they won't love it, in which case don't hug them and say that we did it. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> but like if you're going into any traditional career, and I'm lumping them all together here, and I'm being very overly general, there's a point you hit where it's like, aha, now I am the thing. Now I am the head mechanic at this garage, or now I am a an endowed professor at this university, or now I am a teacher at the level that I am comfortable with, whatever that is for you. And then, you know, not to say that the work stops, but the striving and, to use our metaphor that we're establishing, the grind has kind of stopped for you. You got there, and you're there, and it's still work, and you're still doing what you gotta do, but there's a certain level of, like, you have hit the plateau where you want to rest. If you're going into the arts, you get through all of the training, you get through all of the schooling, and then it's just all grind and all trying to get up, and that there's, like, I call myself an actor now, but I still have a day job, because... Yep. A lot of times, acting don't pay the bills super great. And so, like, that is how I identify, but it is not what I'm able to spend 100% of my time doing because that's not how the world works. If it was, I would be a much happier person. <laughs> um, but there's, in the arts, there's this constant, like, you always have to be making, you always have to be creating, you always have to be taking classes or absorbing texts or going to shows or viewing other people's arts or getting criticism or whatever it is for you to always be trying to put that next foot in front of the other. And it's it's like getting a general career, getting a traditional career is like playing to beat a given Final Fantasy game. I would say that, yeah. Going into the arts is like firing up an infinite boss rush <laughs> and having to grind to beat every boss. And every time you like 
have ground up and are like, aha, I've gained a new skill, I've gotten a little bit better, there's another step to take, and another, and another, and another. And I know that the arts are not unique in that, but the degree to which it's so hard to quantify, like, ah, yes, and now I am here, makes it feel like it's, it's just... It's kind of like, the, the saying, do what you love, means one thing if, like, what you love is... You know, I don't know, and I feel like if anyone hears this and they're like, it's a lot harder than you think, then please correct me. But, like, I feel like doing what you love as it applies to, like, medicine or being an architect or something is very different from doing what you love that is, like, you know, drawing drawing for a living and then also on the side doing this, this, and this. Yeah. And, like, let's be very clear we're not trying to be like acting so much harder than all of you people with full-time jobs and offices and you know you want to do that without the lisp <laughs> no i'm i'm going to i'm going to commit to that character <laughs> okay well <laughs> we're not saying that um i've had a lot of different weird jobs and i'm going to tell you right out the bat hardest one i ever had was working in a factory and goddamn you have it way rougher than me as an actor who's like, I talk into a microphone one day a week, and then I go and talk in front of people a couple times when I get the option to, and that's what <laughs> I do. <laughs> like, like no. Um, I sorry, I was just going to say it's weird because I feel like the factory job I had might have been one of the best jobs I've had. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, like, you know, we got, like, regular breaks, like, regular scheduled breaks. I didn't have to talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big big bonus over customer service i'll tell you yeah, what like you know like it was cool most of the people there were nice i think some of them were trying to con me but you know what that's fine <laughs> gotta keep the grift alive gotta <laughs> abg always be grifting yeah that's how that goes i don't know i i guess my factory job mostly stunk for the environment in that it was never below 98 degrees and i worked oh yeah no i was and... <laughs> like it was a swamp in there, and I was covered in <laughs> sawdust, and that sucked. But, like, you know, when I think about it compared to my last job... I did teach myself to whistle working in that factory, so, you know, I oh, got that's, something that's out good. of it. Yeah, you got, a, you got a meaningful life skill out of yes. that. Put that on your acting resume. But anyway, uh, all this is to say, we're not trying to place a career in the arts. Like, we are not comparing in any quantifiable sense against any other career path we're not saying it's harder we're not saying it's easier we're just saying that it is different yes it is a fundamentally different thing to be trying to do and what it asks of you to a certain degree is fundamentally different this podcast is kind of a perfect example like this podcast is not something we are doing to make money we are actively paying money to be able to provide this podcast to you <laughs> through the through the things like you know website hosting and stuff like that you're welcome yeah <laughs> enjoy it Enjoy your free media. <laughs> but there's this sense, at least for me, and I'm sure you feel kind of the same way, Dylan. Mm -hmm. If I am not doing something creative, if I'm not creating, a little piece of me starts to, like, shrivel up and die. Yeah. And, like... Yeah, I feel that. And that that's, like, be it performance or, like, just, like, even just thinking about creativity. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't have to be performance, but even, like, going to auditions can be yeah. like a a pep up even if nothing yeah. comes of that audition you still like you're out there and you're doing your job and you're plying your trade and mm. so this podcast is a perfect example of like we wanted to make something we had a lot of ideas we wanted to be creative and apply what we do without having to be asked to 
by someone with power. Right. But, like, I know so many people in this city who are, you know, working temp jobs nine to five and then in shows from, like, you know, rehearsals from six to ten four days a week and performances from seven to ten the other three. And in between that, they're also going to auditions and, like, making their own stuff. And it is kind of ridiculous. Like, even me when yeah, I'm that not... that sounds grueling. Yeah, like, even when I'm not in a show, like, I haven't been in a play in quite some time. I'm, you know, I'm working 40 hours a week and then also checking audition listings and emailing audition, uh, yeah. like, casting directors and working on this podcast and editing it together for the last few weeks and yeah. uh, submitting voiceover auditions. And, like, and I'm willing to bet most anyone out there who identifies as an artist can relate to this. You're basically working, like, two or three full-time jobs all the time. <laughs> yeah. To take us back to another gaming metaphor, it's almost like you fire up Pokemon Red and they're just like, okay... The Elite Four is up there, but there's no gyms to guide your leveling. There's no easy milestones. There's, like, it's not, you don't get this badge and then this badge. It's, yeah. You know, it's hard, and it's when, you're, when you're ready, the Elite Four will let you know. <laughs> yeah. And, like, that's one of the things that is so challenging. Like, like I was saying when we were talking about, you know, introducing yourself, people have this idea of, like, Oh, an actor is someone who has made it and someone who I would recognize walking down the street. And the thing that's kind of crazy and the thing that makes this so hard is there's no timeline for that. For right. some people, it might, you know, you might be in the right place at the right time in front of the right casting director and then you're a name actor at age 30, which happens to a lot mm. of people, or even younger. Yeah. Or And honestly, like, congrats to those people. Yeah, like, fantastic. Or you can be someone like Morgan Freeman who didn't have a major film role until he was 50. Yeah. Like, there's such a huge standard deviation of when success can happen to you as a theater maker or as any artist. And that is equal parts really exciting and also incredibly frustrating and demoralizing yeah. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess like you know when I think about life and trying to trying to like build myself up without like overextending I think about like the relationship in you know a game like Dragon Quest where it's all about resource management um yep you got to like not only it's it's not enough to like make sure that you are healthy you have to have enough money to be able to afford healing at the inn which i guess in this metaphor we can take to mean rent um <laughs> <laughs> that's important yep um you you know you have your mp so let's that's mental health uh you know it, you are constantly draining these resources whether or not whether it is by your hand or by external forces i.e enemies like beating you down um read but, bosses but... at day jobs <laughs> exactly um you know when, when i refer to the grind i i usually think about like this ability to know your limit it's you know it, it's one thing to kind of overextend yourself but then at least in dragon quest you get taken out by an enemy and then you wake up in the church with half your money gone <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if that has a metaphor think about it <laughs> Friendly muggers? Um, Fri 
nice muggers. <laughs> but like, I think, and I think that's very apt because like, I've been talking a lot about like working all the time, double day job, mm. like find you know always always grinding. Yeah, burnout's real, man. It's it's not good. I say again, if you have an artist friend and you know they'd be about a hug, go give them a hug. Like it's rough out there in these streets, money. <laughs> no, I, I always know I can count on you. Yeah, I got. But you. like, mental health is important, and that resource management allegory is apt because if you run out of one of those things, it don't go well. Yeah. Um. For context, um, I recently had to quit my job because uh, they they basically transferred me. Uh, I got a promotion, but they transferred me to a location deep within uh, downtown Chicago. And it was fine at first, but like between the travel where I from where I live to like where I work, it's roughly an hour and a half. And I've been closing constantly. So put that to two hours because one of the train lines I take closes. City commutes um, ain't no joke, fam. It's no joke. So, this was a job that, while it was giving me money, I was also spending more money to get there, and also spending mental health, and also probably some of my physical health, because I, I was losing sleep, too. So, if you are in over your head, don't overextend. Um, I guess to use video games again, because this is a video game podcast, <laughs> I was a level... I'll, I'll give myself some credit. I was a level 30 character in a level 50 dungeon. You know, there's a degree in video games and in life. Hard work in the wrong circumstances can only get you so far. Um, so as your friend, I'm very glad that you're not working for that shit company anymore. I'm sad that it <laughs> means you have to move away. But who yeah. knows? Time is weird I mean, and time is not a river that runs straight and true in one direction. And we will see you again either here in Chicago or maybe we'll meet up in LA or like, I mean, we're going to be making this podcast so we're going to be talking because to each other forever. Because I knew you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the finale. Three episodes. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> but no, so, you know, Dylan's heading back to Cleveland where honestly he had more time and more energy and more success in theater than he did in Chicago. So like that it's good. It's true. <laughs> but yeah, it's all about that resource management it's all about i think it's also about knowing what your strengths are uh to go back to my pokemon analogy like mm -hmm. you are gonna have in any artistic career um mm -hmm. and maybe this turns into a motivational cast for all you young inspiring or aspiring artists out there i don't know um you're gonna have different things that you try out and you're gonna have different skill levels at that and like mm -hmm. right now you know i've been focusing mostly on stage acting since i've been in chicago and so maybe my stage acting Rattata is in the is, top percent he's in the top percent of Rattatas he's not he's not at all I'm gonna shoot a number out there level 30 level 30 Rattata strong Rattata mighty mm. Rattata um I've only in the last six or seven months been dipping my toes more into voiceover so my my voiceover Dugdrio is uh that's not even hang on <laughs> Is a Dugdrio a thing? That is, right? Yeah, Dugdrio is a okay. thing. Okay. I I also it's, remember there was Dodrio. It's, it's like the, like the three-headed uh, Diglett. Yeah, I, I was worried for a You're moment that I was... Thinking of I was worried for a moment that I was conflating it with Doduo, and so I got very... I was like, oh no, they're going to know I'm a fraud. 
I haven't played Pokemon in years. I mean, honestly, though. Um, <laughs> but, like, my, my voice acting, Doug Drio, is, like, level 17, 16, 17. And now we're getting into podcasting, and I'm, like, probably at about the same level with my my podcasting Pikachu. Get that nice... All, uh, all, all, two, all two of our listeners are like, you know about Fire Emblem Path of Radiance, but you can't remember a Doug Trio. <laughs> I'm a man of very specific tastes. <laughs> but, like, you've got... You're going to develop these different skill sets as an artist because as an artist, you kind of have to be multifaceted, uh, especially in today's world. Like, I can't dance. I can't really do musical theater because I can't dance. And, like... Cats don't dance. Cats don't dance. Neither do Chris. Um, and in case you can't tell listening to this at home, I am what you would call a bass... And, like, I'm talking I'm, like, a true bass. I'm not one of those guys who gets up and is like, ah, yes, I I can sing into the low baritone range, but I also have a belted G4. Like, no, I'm a bass, and there's no musical theater roles for basses. Yeah. There's opera roles for basses, but I don't speak any other languages, so that's out, too. And I'm also, like, not an opera singer. I've never been trained in that way. There's a lot of facets out there that, like, it would be a waste of those resources. It would be a waste of that all those Dragon Quest bars for yeah. me to go out and pursue them. It would be a drain on me that would not see dividends. So instead, yeah. it's a, a big part of this grind, a big part of this is knowing how to focus your energies, knowing which gym you're going into and which of your Pokemon are going to be effective and which are going to be eaten up because Misty's got powerful Pokemons and she's going to sick her Gyarados on you and she's going to eat you. This is getting really elaborate. I know that this metaphor went off the rails a while ago, but I mean, I don't know what else you're listening to this podcast for. <laughs> we had eight yeah, minutes of not us being on the rails. We had eight minutes of a tangent about the Sonic the Hedgehog movie last episode. I think they're. I think anyone who's still listening knows what they're getting. I mean, the point you messed. Uh, you mentioned just the point now you about, messed like, up. The point you fucked. The, I I talk. <laughs> the point you brought up earlier was um with the uh the specializations and like you know i'm not trained as an opera singer i i i guess my job is to just keep flinging out games because i had stuff i wanted to talk about as far as life is concerned but like it made me think of the final fantasy job system <laughs> <laughs> i mean you can always bring your life stories in too but i'm so glad that you're <laughs> Because you started talking about that, and I was like, I bet he's going to talk about the Final Fantasy job class. <laughs> <laughs> I have an RPG for every occasion. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mix this a little bit with Fire Emblem. Um, but, like, life is like the Final Fantasy job <laughs> The Final Fantasy job system is interesting because you can be anything you, like, you want your character to be. But, like, you are limited insofar as, like, you can only be one thing at one time. And while that is not necessarily what real life is like, I do think that, you know, each type of art or each field that you're going into, heck, each play that you audition for or sign up for or theater company, whatever, whatever employer you're looking for, they all have, like, a very specific role in mind. And part of it is, like you need to fit that role. And, you know, there's a certain point where, like, 
you have the roles that you're really good at. Maybe your base stats are for this type of character, or, you know, your base stats are, you're a tenor, so you would do great in musicals. Um, Chris and I lack those base stats. Yep. Um, <laughs> but it, it's essentially, you know, you yeah, have... Base stats. <sighs> <laughs> completely unintentional. Oh, goodness. Uh, <laughs> but... You know, every, everyone has, like, their roles that they are good at, but you're, whoever's, like, going to hire you is looking for how good you are in that role, and you might not be a high enough level, you might be a high enough level, by which, good for you, you were able to tackle this job. I wish I could remember who this was. There's an interview I read with some actor, it was, and what he said that really struck me, and has sort of informed the way that I've been approaching this roller coaster of a career I'm trying to make. Your job as an actor is not what you do once you're cast. Your job as an actor mm. is to do good auditions. And what you were saying, you know, you go into the audition with whatever your stats are. Yeah. And the people sitting behind that table are the people receiving your MP3 or the people who are in the back of the house watching you dance or the people who are reviewing the art that you're submitting for the gallery, whatever it is, they know what they want. They already have a picture, especially for casting situations, they already have a picture in their head of what the person that is going to play that part looks like and sounds like and moves like and feels like. Yeah. And there's a certain degree to which it's just luck. It's just, do you happen to fit that bill? At yeah. that time. But then what is in your control is giving the best audition you can, submitting the best slice of your work that you can, so that then in the future, when that person is looking for someone and they think of you and remember you, like that's the job you're going to get. And I thought that was like, that's really informed the way I go into auditions because, like, that's the other big difference between anything in the arts and anything not, you face a lot more rejection. Like, yeah. The whole job is just putting yourself out there to be rejected over and over and over yeah. again. And like, you need to find the mindset that lets you get through that because that's going to deplete that mental health meter real fast. If you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In final fantasy, like, you know, you might, you might have your job that your, your base stats, your innate ability to do whatever it is you want to do, in this case, act. You might have all of that. You might be in the right direction, but maybe you are not a high enough level of that particular class. Or alternatively, maybe you are in the right class and you are at the right ability, but you did haven't specced in the right things. Like, maybe you didn't buy the right spell. Um, so essentially what I'm saying is, like, you could be on the right track. You could be so close and you know unfortunately there's just someone else who's closer and that sucks but like you know at least you know this person like you you have you have put yourself out there and you have made this connection with this person who's casting for other things so like chris said maybe they will remember you because of how close you were and now I Which, want to talk about Persona. I was about to segue into Persona <laughs> 2. We're twins. Damn it, I thought I was being original here. I mean, you were. 
that thought occurred to me as you were talking about that, and I thought it was super cool. I'm glad we were okay. on the same page. I, I actually, I walked into this episode knowing I was going to talk about Persona, but waiting for the right time. I love um, it. Anywho, um, so let's talk about Persona. And to preface this with getting jobs in theater, a lot of it is about who you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a good deal of it is about, like, your personal skill set, which can also be reflected in Persona by your different personality stats. But, um, you know, it, it gets to a certain point where, like, knowing people is half the battle. For the uninitiated, Perso- the Persona series is a Japanese series of RPGs uh, where the conceit is that you spend about half the game doing your typical dungeon crawl, fight monster, solve puzzle, fight bad guys, and the other half, you're a high school student. And the relationships that you develop in the high school half impact your abilities to fight and survive in the dungeon crawl half. And it's a very cool conceit. But uh, what we're kind of getting to is there is a connection mechanic. Is that what it's called? Uh, They're called... So Bonds, in Persona right? 3 and 4, they are social links, and in 5, they are called confidants. But yes, they are their bonds. Yeah, so there are characters in the high school overworld that interacting with will increase your connection with them, which mm-hmm. then in turn gives you bonuses to certain things that are related to that character in the dungeon crawl Indeed. half. Yeah. The, the cool thing about, well, actually, I'm, I'm going to put Persona off to the side for a second and uh, talk about, like, some theater uh, experience I had in Cleveland. I, the, the first show I was cast in in Cleveland was It's a Wonderful Life. And the person who directed that play, I later met in the next play I was cast in, where he was, he was a fellow, he was a fellow cast member. He was, he was acting in that one. And so, you know, we've talked a little bit and... Uh, I, I I am now in a Facebook group, and I, I'm constantly getting invites to auditions. I think it's like a general, like, it, it's a general, like, all of my actor friends are on this diss list. But, um, you know, I, I regularly get notifications for auditions that I can't participate in because I am in Chicago. Not for much longer. Friday. You've yeah, got a resource no. for when you get back there. Exactly, and I'm, I'm going to hit him up and uh, ask him, like, how things are and, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a get back in touch, but, um, yeah, sometimes, you know, and some of these plays were things I, I weren't, I wasn't seeing on most of the Cleveland sites I checked for theater auditions and casting calls. So, you know, sometimes it's not even just like, if I know this person, they're going to cast me like, because, you know, it, sometimes it's not as cynical as that. Sometimes it's just like, this person knows more about the scene this opens more doors for me that, you know, I might still not get in, but, like, at least this is another resource for me to try. Exactly. And, like, I've had similar experiences around Chicago where, like, uh, I'm friends with this girl who, like, we were both minor parts in a play, and now she is starting her own theater company that, like, I haven't gone out for anything for, but I've been attempting to. So, like, I have a connection there that, you know, isn't a guarantee of anything, but might get me a little bit more credence because she's seen me work and she knows who I am. Um, I was also in a show with this guy who one of the things that he does a lot of is he goes out and uh, does extra work for like the different TV shows filmed around Chicago, mostly things like, you know, Chicago PD, Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, uh, Chicago Veterinarian, 
Um, that's not a show, but I really want it to be. <laughs> um, and so that's how I found out about those opportunities. And I've gone and I was an extra on Chicago Med a couple of years ago. Uh, and I wouldn't have known. Like, again, that's not like it's not like knowing him got me this job, but knowing him clued me into the fact that this world of potential jobs existed. Yes, acting is a popularity contest. I'm not about to say, oh, no, it's not. It... But at the same time, I feel like when when people say um, it's a matter of who you know, they're also referring to just like, you know, it's it's not you will get cast because you are this popular. It is, you know, these many people, we c- we're all in this together. We are going to help each other out. <laughs> Yeah, and even when it comes to being a popularity contest, it's less like you're the coolest kid in class, and more you've been doing it for long enough, and enough of the people who make the decisions have seen you work and liked you. Um, another thing that I think is cool about Persona, and while all of them do this, I think it it is the most prevalent in Persona Five, is the idea that you know sometimes for your relationship with someone. Uh, to improve, you have to improve yourself. Um, so, like, you know, you might, you might be able to, like, talk to someone. You know, you might become good colleagues, but, you know, you might hit a wall where it's like, this is all you're capable of, and then at that point you have to be like, alright, so how do I improve so I can get better and get better things from this person? Which, I don't know, I don't know if this is, uh, like, if I'm making sense right now but i think there's there's a certain point where like you know it's not just about this relationship you also need to improve yourself to a point where you can prove that you are ready for bigger things yeah you've got to have the goods you can be the son of the biggest casting director in new york city if you've got no talent that's not going to amount to much yeah, like, and so it, it's not even necessarily a matter of talent. Sometimes it can just be like, if I if I have proven to be a good actor, but I don't show up to rehearsal regularly, yep. or yep. it, you know, or you know, I show up to rehearsal regularly, but like, I'm always like one or two minutes late, or like even on time. You know, there's that saying: if you're if you're not five minutes early, you're late. Like, yeah, there there's a lot of things you can do that will get rid of or at the very least like put a pretty hard cap on the goodwill that you're able to develop in your relationships like when can they expect you to be off book by how like how many times like how long does it take for you to kind of adjust to the direction being given to you and you know sometimes these are like subconscious things that like you aren't really aware of but like it's nice to take a couple steps back and be like this is what i need to work on it's very important to be able to have that self-critical view and not self-critical so much as self-aware, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like you I'm sorry, going... my voice is very cracky today. No, you're fine. Thanks for sexy audio. Um <laughs> but like going kind of hand in hand with what I mentioned earlier about this is a career acting in particular, again, that's what we know, but really any artistic endeavor where you're putting yourself on the line for a lot of rejection. And going hand-in-hand with being able to handle that, you also need to be able to take the look at yourself and say, okay, where can I improve? What can I do differently to improve my chances? Because at the end of the day, that's all you can do. You've only got control over yourself. 
you can you gotta you gotta invest those experience points and those level up uh those level up points somewhere and that's up to you to figure out what you're gonna do them with do them with oh so i was sorry i just remembered something um i was originally going to talk about fire emblem and i think persona ties into this very nicely um so the thing about uh fire emblem and persona is that in some ways they are also anti-grinding games um and that's because you have very limited time and resources um, and you can find tricks to like gain as much EXP as possible, but you are still kind of on a one-way track to the end of the game. And I think that's something important to consider, where in these types of games, you need to think like, all right, what is my end game? Where do I want my skill sets to be? And you have to focus really hard on getting those. And being efficient with the time and the resources that you have. It, it sounds dire, but I, I want this to be a motivational thing where sometimes it's, you know, it's just like to use the analogy and then try to retrofit it back into <laughs> real this, life. This is a lot of us like kind of much more bluntly cramming these two things together, but I've been having fun with this topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think, you know, with Fire Emblem and Persona particularly Fire Emblem, it's just kind of like, all right, this is what is good about this unit. For example, this mage can pierce through heavy armored knights. So I'm going to work on that. And then to cover that mage, I need to work on this and this and this and this. And so you're, you're kind of picking your favorite units and building a team around that. And I think what what is important to consider about the philosophy of that design is that in real life, you need to think, what is my strength? Like, what type of performance am I, do I excel in? And then you need to build your strengths. Or, or maybe not even that. Maybe it's just like, what what type of performance am I passionate about? Yeah. And, you know, you, you have that single thing and then, you know, start building your skill set around those things. Like, what will best support that? Like, for example, Chris was like, you know, my deep voice leads me to being a good opera singer but i don't want to be an opera singer well then you don't need to take opera lessons yeah like i'm that's not what speaks to me conversely people have been telling me since my voice dropped at age like 14 that i have a voice that sounds like it should be on the radio and now i'm pursuing voiceover really hard and really want to get into doing character voice acting and you know animation and video games and things like that so you can find the things that you want to do. You don't need to feel pressured to take the obvious choice. Obviously, neither of us did. We're actors. Like, (laughs) all this is to say, go out there and do. Like, if you are passionate and you want to do something artistic or even something that you think is too hard that's not artistic, if you're like, man, I really think it would be cool to be a doctor, but I just don't know if I'm smart enough. Like, you're never going to know unless you go out and take the classes and see about what pre-med's like in college or, you know, yeah, whatever you might, it might you be. you might surprise yourself. And, you know, if you hate it, you hate it. Yeah, but if and you then love it, do something different. N- now you know you love it. So... Yeah. There's been a lot, like, we've been talking a lot about just sort of the grind and that terminology, like, grinding does not sound fun. Like, no. it is. it is a term born of, like, you're doing the same thing over and over. You're in a grinder, just being worked down. And in that way, I don't think that it fits because anyone 
who is crazy enough to try and make a career in the arts, you better believe they love what they're doing. Like, even when this, even when this whole pursuit is tiring and I need to, like, take a break from it to recharge my batteries, I'm still, at least to some degree, enjoying myself or enjoying the journey. Yeah. If that ever stops being true, there's going to be some soul-searching that has to happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I hope you've enjoyed this slightly different take for our third episode. Um, yeah. We're, we're trying, trying to, kind to... Of, you know, keep ourselves from being too pigeonholed, but also keeping at least a little bit on brand. Uh, I enjoyed talking about this. This is something that, again, one of the things I wanted to do with this podcast is get people thinking about this world of the working actor that they might not typically consider. Also, just going to say, and this is going to be a little mushy, but Dylan, I'm real going to miss you when you're in Cleveland, so I'm glad we've got this podcast, so we're always going to have to talk for at least an hour every week. Because I knew you. <laughs> Hard end. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you, thank you, thank you again for tuning in to Backstage Gaming. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to listen. If you like what you hear, if you like what we do, please share us. Tell us. Tell us. Tell your friends about us. Tell your family about us. Tell people that you think would be interested to hear what we have to say about us. Tweet about the show. Share it on Facebook. Uh, we're about to list off a whole bunch of social media platforms uh, that you can hit us up with. And please, please do that. We're not paying to advertise because we're already sinking enough money into just hosting this thing. We don't need to up that bill any more than it already is. You've been listening to Backstage Gaming. If you would like to visit us at our website, you can visit us at bsgpod.com. That's bsgpod.com. You can see our bios, um, reach out to us. Really, really do whatever you want. That's not true. Um, but, you know, if you want... <laughs> it's a world of pure imagination. <laughs> but yeah, if, if you want information about the podcast, if you want to download the episodes, again, sure. Um... <laughs> <laughs> keep going you know, this is gold this is gold eventually eventually it'll get to the point where i can just improvise these jokes um, yep. <laughs> if, if you want to you know send us a ransom note that's fine too <laughs> who do you have <laughs> you can also tweet at us by going to by uh tweeting at bsg underscore at BSG underscore cast. That's BSG underscore cast. Uh, and please feel free to tweet about the show using the hashtag BSG pod. Uh, try and get that trending. Again, we're leaving it to you to help us spread the word about this podcast so that we have an audience to talk to every week. You can also find us on Facebook. And I actually am putting together a YouTube channel. Ooh. Um, I figure we can put our episodes up there, but I also want to be able to upload supplementary videos. Uh, next week's episode in particular, uh, we're going to be doing deep dives into particular scenes. And so I'm actually going to record those scenes and put them up on our YouTube channel so that you can watch along and see what we're talking about. And who knows, maybe we'll do more with YouTube as this thing evolves. But for right now, I figure it'll be another place to find the podcast and we'll put up supplementary stuff as necessary. Uh, you can also find us on, hopefully, because I'm going to submit this as soon as we go live, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, and we'll see if I can track down other podcast hosting services that I can easily uh, submit to. Podcatchers is, I think, what people are calling them, which is 
kind of dorky, but I also kind of love it. If you if you like our wonderfully adorable Fallout inspired main artwork for the podcast, you can visit our friend Brennan French at his Squarespace, which is at Brennan hyphen French dot Squarespace dot com. So that would be B R E N N E N hyphen F R E N C H dot Squarespace dot com. Also, big, big, big thank you to our friend BioQuery for the use of our theme song, Dot Sound Radio Volume 1 Instrumentality. BioQuery went to school with both of us. He's a super cool guy, and he writes a ton of super fun, weird, electronic pop experimental music, uh, and you should go and listen to all of it. It is at soundcloud.com slash BioQuery. That's soundcloud.com slash B-I-O-Q-U-E-R-Y. Also, if you like Dylan's voice in particular, go and check out the previous podcast that the two of us worked on, Magical History of Knox County. You can find that at MagicalHistoryPodcast.com. It's a fun audio drama comedy spooky cast uh, where Dylan... Perfect for Halloween. Perfect for Halloween. This isn't going to release by Halloween. (laughs) No, it will not. (laughs) We're perfect for Thanksgiving. Super fun, super bingeable, eight episodes. We made it with a bunch of friends from college. Like I said, Dylan's the main character. I was the voice director and creator and did a whole bunch of, uh, well, actually like maybe two, that's a whole bunch, uh, of bit parts. Um, (laughs) A whole bunch of other super talented people helped us to work on that and did honestly a lot more work really than either of us. Uh, But go check out MagicalHistoryPodcast.com or find us on iTunes I don't think we should plug anything else. Thank you again. That that wouldn't make sense. No. Yeah, we're all out. Um, thank you again Listen so much to for the listening. Kenyan College Shaper Singers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to Backstage Gaming. We really appreciate you hanging in there. We really appreciate you helping to spread the word. Um, and we will talk to you next week. Once again, go hug your favorite artist. I've been Chris. I've been Dylan. And we've been backstage gaming. Have a good week. Take care.